Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ray and Tay today. Uh, yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends. And you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college shooters do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We missed you. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on this Monday, a manic Monday. Woo! Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails at rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. The website, very interactive, rayandtaytoday.com. Twitter, hit the tweets up. Facebook, we're everywhere. Ray and Tay Today, we're rocking on Instagram, too, for the young folks. Instagram us. Check out some of our pictures and follow us on Instagram. Ray, busy day. Before we get to the MLB playoff preview, because Ray and Tay, we're going to break it down, give you our picks. Of course, after the wild card, we'll have to re-kind of pick it a little, but we'll, we'll project it out today for you anyway. Ray, off the field, three quick stories. Of course, it's CC. The Nationals with Matt Williams and Joe Philbin for the Dolphins. Let's start with the NFL. Quick thoughts. Did the Dolphins do it a week too late? And did they do it in enough time to save their season in firing head coach Joe Philbin? So I think you hate to see a guy lose a job, but he lost control of the team. You could see even in the offseason. And he really didn't bring a spark. And the NFL is all about spark and is all about inspiring men. So will they save the season? Don't think so. So they may – actually have to be thinking about next year, but I think that change is good. And in this case, I hate to see it after four games, but ultimately I don't think Philbin was long for coaching that team. You know, I'd have to agree with you. And you saw, and even Solomon Wilcox said during the broadcast out there in London, they, uh, they were playing like some horrible blokes. They, uh, they really didn't give the effort. Their defense is, you know, I think 29th against the run. Their offense isn't doing much. And look, owner Stephen Ross, he gave a ton of money to Tannehill and Indomitian Sue. And, you know, people have shown on film, sometimes they have Sue out of position. They're like He likes a one gap. They're playing two gaps. They got to figure this out. I hope the interim head coach, Dan Campbell, a young 39, uh, he's 39, Ray. He's Don't start enough, with me. Yeah, there's <laughs> a couple of head coaches. There's like two two or three head coaches in the league younger than Ray and Tay, and that, that upsets us, but that's a sidebar. But he's a former tight end for the Giants, you know, Falcons, couple teams, so we wish him well. And, you know, he's uh, played under Parcells with the Cowboys, so he's got that little Parcells edge. Let's see if he can try to get them at least putting forth the effort because there are a bunch of talented men there. The defensive line, the, the defense has one sack, Ray. That's unacceptable. So, Matt Williams, baseball ended yesterday, so today you have a firing. Matt Williams gets fired. The Nationals, you know, I think Ray had him in the World Series. We won't even go over our pick. Well, maybe we'll embarrass ourselves a little bit, but the Nationals, we both had him in the playoffs. Everybody in America had him in their playoffs, and they're nowhere. At least Scherzer gets his second no-hitter over the weekend and almost a perfect game. Uh, to, to, to figure that out. I wonder where they're going to go. You know, I'd be curious to see what you, what you think about where they might go. But I think Matt Williams, he, he had to go. He lost at the, the clubhouse with the whole Papelbaum, Bryce Harper incident, and, and possibly even more. So what do you think about that one? 
So the magic so the number, number, you know, baseball's all about magic all numbers. About the magic number, number is 96, 83, and 100. I'll start with 100. That's the number of games that Ray predicted they would win this year. <laughs> 96 is the number of wins they had last year. 83 is the number of wins they had this year. You cannot lose 13 games in the NL East, not make the playoffs, and keep your job. Unfortunately, that roster, especially on the pitching side, the hitting has been very inconsistent. But that pitching roster, starting pitching is what baseball is all about. You cannot have that starting pitching and win 83 games. So change was inevitable. Matt Williams, I hope he gets another chance somewhere else. But they need to bring in somebody. And you know what? Something is rotten in that locker room as well. Because even though Bryce Harper is probably going to win the MVP, there are some people that say that, you know, in that whole Harper-Papelbon thing, that Harper was the one who didn't act like a professional. And Papelbon was saying, you know, run out the fly balls. You know, you got to give the effort and so forth. So you need somebody with better control. And when you're winning games, it's amazing how things start to look better. So they needed to change also. So I agree with the fact that they need a new head coach. Yeah, they felt like he never kind of put – you know, Harper in check or in place, and that's how he lost the team. And Papelbaum was like, look, I'm coming from – I've won the World Series. I'm a professional. Yeah, I'm just getting here, but somebody should have checked you, you little punk, a long time ago. And maybe he's right because a lot of players and ex-players said, yo, we side with Papelbaum. So that's pretty, you know, damning in, in that instance there. And then CeCe, our beloved Yankees and CeCe, and we'll talk about that in a minute, the perfect segue – Ray, CC checks in for alcohol rehab the day before the AL wild card in the Bronx against the Astros. Look, CC, what, back in 07, won the Cy Young with the Indians. He has a World Series ring with the Yankees in 09. He's been a horse. He's had weight and, and injury issues and not the greatest season. But I just wish him well because you want him to get well. He says he'll be back next year. It just seems the timing seems a little bizarre, and we didn't get enough information, so maybe something else went down. What are your thoughts? I echo exactly what you said. This guy's a borderline Hall of Famer, needs probably three, four more years, and then he might get himself into the Hall of Fame. Uh, his skills might have deteriorated and maybe on the down. He's probably on the downside of his career. Uh, but it sounds like there's a piece of the puzzle missing. And to do this right before, you know, at most, you'll be playing for three more weeks, at most. Uh, at least you might go home on Wednesday, or you'll be home. You may lose at home on Wednesday. We'll get into that in a sec. So to me, you know, three weeks uh, smells a little fishy here. I think we're missing something. But, uh, look, bottom line is the man has, a, has an issue and he's dealing with it. So that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. That's the first step is to identify the issue, get in front of it, and deal with it. So in that respect, I hope him as a man, nothing but good, and I hope to see him back on the baseball on the baseball mound better than ever. Yeah, we love CC. So let's get into it. The Astros sort of back in. The Diamondbacks played tough and beat them. But the Rangers beat the Angels, so guess what? The Astros are in the AL playoffs. They are coming to the Bronx. We'll start in the American League with the wild card, Ray. It's Keiko against Tanaka. What are your thoughts? One game series. One game series. So the team that benefits – in this is the Astros, right? Because they're the number five seed. Otherwise, the Yankees would, uh, the number four seed, would have played, um, you know, they would have played Kansas City, and this would have been a non-issue. So the Astros get that, and you know what? I have feelings for the Astros. I'm a Yankee fan, and I think the Yankees are, are, you know, the Yankees are my team, and and I always love the Yankees, but I have a feeling that the Astros are going to come to the Bronx and Dallas Keuchel's going to put on a show, and he's going to barely outpitch Tanaka. And I think they win. I think the Astros win 3-2 in the Bronx. Ouch. Yeah, I think think not having Teixeira, having inconsistent play in the second half from A-Rod in the middle of the lineup, 
Uh, Ellsbury being gone for a large part of the season, I think it all adds up. The Yankees are just not clicking. The Yankees are, have lost. You know, they didn't look good in the series to, against Baltimore, and you would think that's just a tune-up. They knew they were in. They didn't know what, um, you know, who they would face, but it didn't matter. They should have been winning a, a few of those games just to get their bats right, get their groove right. And I think Tanaka will pitch well, but I just think the Yankees will be down two runs, and maybe they'll make up one of them in the eighth or the ninth, but I just think too little, too late. Yankees lose 3-2. The Houston wow, okay. Astros. Well, you know, I definitely have feelings for the Astros, as you do, too. We were champions of them. Out of all the teams, they have the lowest uh, salary in the playoffs out of all 10 teams. So I definitely applaud them. They're a year ahead of schedule, but they have got a ton of talent, and we love Altuve and the boys. I just think in clutch time, as Tay said, clutch men and clutch moments make clutch plays. And I think we're going to get an A-bomb from A-Rod. No, are you serious? Gardner will get on base, and we find a way to win 5-3. to three. The Yankees will advance, and we're on to Kansas City, baby. Wow. Okay. I want that That's outcome. Tuesday. I'll take it. That's Tuesday. Let, let's go on to the NL Wednesday. We'll just do these wild cards first. Interesting, Ray. I mean, we'll talk about the pitching matter. The Chicago Cubs, the third best record in baseball, are at the Pittsburgh Pirates, the second best record in baseball. And the winner, of course, will play the St. Louis Cardinals with 100 wins, the first place record in baseball. So, Arietta against Grant Cole, what are your thoughts? Jake Arietta, the side young probable in the NL. Well, Arietta or uh, Granky. Granky, yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, this Pittsburgh team has been huffing and puffing and knocking on the door. Chicago is a year ahead of schedule, just like the Astros are a year or two ahead of schedule. So mm-hmm. I think Chicago had a great season, but they're not ready. And here is a case where. Playoff baseball, the added intensity, the pressure. The Pittsburgh Pirates have experienced it the last couple years, and I like their composition. I like the fact that they quietly, don't tell anybody, won 97 games and have been consistently really good. Think about Andrew McCutcheon and the Pirates, how they stunk it up in April, and from about May, first week in May on, have been one of the better teams both you know offense and defense combined obviously they won 97 games so they've been you know second to the cardinals they were the best team in baseball all year round so i have a feeling that at home at the new heinz field the catch-up they've got they've got ability to you know take the last couple years frustration and take it out on the cubs and i actually think that they win big even though arietta is the man and the Cy Young playoff baseball. I think he's going to throw a Greg Maddox up there, and I think Pittsburgh is going to pound on him a little bit. So I like the I like the Pirates winning six two at home, taking care of business. So you're you're all about Cole. What up, Cole? Garrett Cole, that's my man. Yeah, no, Garrett Cole is a beast. Let me tell you something. The one thing you didn't really get to mention is this. The Pirates, they've got um, Cervelli there. They've got veteran leadership. They've been to the playoffs, like you said, but they probably have maybe the best leader in baseball, Andrew McCutcheon, offensively and defensively. His glove is legit. The guy is so talented, and whatever they need, he gets it. If it's a double stealing a base, a homer, sacrifice. This guy is Mr. Baseball, and I love it. I agree. I love the Cubs. It's a great story. They're a year ahead of schedule as well. And, look, you could probably say, you know, their best move was getting uh, their manager, Joe Madden, from the Rays. He could probably be manager of the year. He did a yeoman's job. job. But at the end of the day, I think the Pirates are going to be a little bit too much. A little bit less scoring, but I'm going to say the Pirates advance to meet the Cardinals 4-2. to two. 
Okay. Well, so we're different up. in the American League, same in the National. Yeah, let's let's well let's set up that AL divisional series with the Rangers at the Blue Jays, Ray. Give me your thoughts. Let's talk about the pitching and uh and then we'll make a pick. So ordinarily I would say that home run hitting teams are not going to fare well in the playoffs. And therefore the Toronto Blue Jays will not fare well in the playoffs. However, <laughs> I don't believe that the Texas Rangers, even though they've played well in the second half, I don't believe they have enough pitching and they have enough ha to go, especially into Rogers Center, but even when the, when it shifts back to Arlington, to shut down this Toronto lineup. And even though they may not bash homers, they'll still bash extra base hits, right? Tolowitzki's back, Encarnacion, Batista, Russell Martin. Uh, you know, these guys in the middle of that lineup is super scary. So I think that Toronto has just got too much posse. And you know what? Adding David Price and moving him to the start of the rotation, a guy that's been there before, done it before, a lefty, you know what? I think they win easily. I think they win this series 4-1. Oh, is it, I thought the divisional series was best of five, isn't it? Oh, I thought they went back to seven. But, yeah, I, I, they win They win easily in this series. Yeah, I think today I heard on MLB that it was uh, yeah, five games. So um, I thought it was seven, but I was surprised when I heard them say five. So I don't know. We might have to check that. Um, I – there's something about this Ranger team. Now, listen, Cole Hamill just had, Hamill's had a pitch yesterday to, to solidify the division. So you're right. It's five-game series. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, so, it's five definitely five. so, I'll go – yeah, I'll go 3-1. 3-1 Blue Jays. 3-1 Okay, Blue. well, this is the interesting thing, though, right? So, in a five-game series, and then your number one starter for the Rangers pitched Sunday. The series will start Thursday, so he might have to pitch game two. That could be, you know, detrimental that unless, you know, there's a day apart, he can go two and five if necessary. But we'll how many how innings that... did he pitch, though? Because I know Jacob DeGrom, who's starting game one for the Mets, only pitched four innings. So the Mets made sure that he wouldn't. Now, he had that extra day till Friday, but they made sure that he didn't pitch too much on Sunday, on Saturday. Right. Well, at least that's Saturday, though. So I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't see how far Cole went. Um I know they beat the Angels, but we'll see. But I'll tell you this. I like Fielder. The Prince is back. And I think him and his power hitting will show up in this series. I think the Rangers push the limit. But the Blue Jays, with the clutch hitting, and a lot of it will come from Donaldson and Joey Bats. They win in five games, 3-2. And I think it's going to be a combination of Joey Bat, Donaldson, and Troy Tulowitzki coming to the rescue to outduel the Prince. So I got the Blue Jays in five. Now, what do you think about the Houston Yankee winner against the Kansas City Royals? Don't stand a chance. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> I, I picked Houston, but it doesn't even matter. I think the Royals are so ready. I think Lorenzo, Big Daddy Kane, Kendris Morales, Hosmer, Mustakis, these guys are ready. So their pitching was supposed to be vastly improved with the arrival of your boy, Johnny Cueto, from uh, from across Love the other Johnny. side of the state. From Johnny Ohio. be good. Exactly. Um, but. He really hasn't delivered that, you know, as much as they they uh, would have wanted. But uh, I think I, I think though that they they experienced from last year, and I'm gonna say, you know, obviously having the bullpen, having the the arms, they got Volquez, they've got um, your your boy Cueto, they've got you know Wade Davis is is still there back end of the bullpen with with, with Holland. These guys have a team that's ready, an offense that creates runs by creating pressure on the other team. You know, they're young, they're fast, they're athletic, they manufacture runs. They do it the 
exact opposite of the Toronto Blue Jays. But they do it in a way that was, you know, one game away, a home game away from winning a World Series. And I think that whoever meets them, the Astros aren't ready. The Yankees without Teixeira and Sabathia are, are not, you know, a sh- are a shell of themselves. I think whoever it is, they win 3-1 also. So I like I like Kansas City. Well, I got the Yankees playing the Royals, and my heart is with the Yankees. But my mind keeps telling me no, and my body. So I got to go with KC over my Yanks in four. It is too much Fozzie, and they just spray and spray and spray. Don't love the bullpen as much as I did last year. They, I think Cueto steps up, though. He gets a win. And then we basically have the Royals and the Blue Jays. In the AL Championship Series, who do you got? Oh, I don't even know if we should go there. We should. We might have to wait. But if these two were to play each other, you know, there are just some seasons that are special. And I believe that this is one of those seasons. Last year was Kansas City season. This year may just be Toronto season. And they have a Harvey's wall banger situation where, like in 1982, they rode the bats to the World Series. And I think that these Toronto Blue Jays can ride their bats to the World Series and beat a very, very game. And the number one overall seed, Kansas City Royals, in the American League, I think Toronto has something special this year. And the addition, uh, I can't keep coming back to this, of, of David Price, but also of Russell Martin. You know, obviously Tulowitz gets knows, but he knows about that. But but Russell Martin, I think, is really underappreciated. He's the, yeah. He's the glue. So I love this offensive roster, and the question is going to be, one, can they manufacture runs in ways other than home runs? Uh, Josh Donaldson is going to win the MVP. More than likely, uh, Bautista, Encarnacion, you know, these guys are all, uh, uh, Tulowitzki, these guys are all, Russell Martin. So how many games you got to do, man? How many games? uh, I think it goes, you know what, I think it goes six. I don't even think it goes seven. I think they take care of business in six games. And and you even get, like, Mark Burley, Mark Estrada, you got all these guys. R.A. Dickey, I think all of them contribute, but ultimately it's it's David Price, and David Price wins two games, and they win in six. It's not much that I can disagree with anything you said. It is too much posse, but not for the Royals. It's too much homers, power, pitching, star pitching. When you've got a horse like David Price. And I think he has a good shot of being a Cy Young. And clutch hitting, not just for average, but for power for the Blue Jays lineup. I think at the end of the day, Toronto will represent the AL in the World Series. And I'm going to be a little bit shocking and say they win in five or one over the Royals. I think the Royals bats numb up in the ALCS. So we go over to the National League and – we both have the Pirates beating the Cubs. So let's start with the other one, the classic. Now, this is the Mets at the Dodgers. We haven't seen this since 88. DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Harvey is the first three for the Mets. Now, with this whole Harvey arm thing or whatever, you know, maybe some say they'd like to pitch him game one and game five if necessary. But he's going to be game three in, in, I want to say, Shea Stadium, right? I'm old school. In a city field, game three, probably against Anderson for the Dodgers. How do you how do you look at this series? You know, it's the former New York team against the current New York team. So much is expected of the Dodgers. So much is expected of them because of their talent and because of their payroll. A lot of pressure. And I think Mattingly is, is, is cracking a little bit under that pressure. That's our boy, though, Donnie Baseball. 
The yeah. Mets, another team that are, are a year ahead of schedule, maybe two years ahead of schedule, they had an up-and-down offensive year, but that pitching staff. And think about when they get Wheeler next year if they don't trade him. But DeGrom, Syndergaard, Harvey, that's that's great. Familiar in the back of the bullpen. Um, Mets are tough. Mets are tough. But you know what? I think ultimately the experience of having been there last couple years, I think your boy Clayton Kershaw turns it around after having two bad playoff seasons, 2013-2014. I think he turns it around. I think the Dodgers take care of business. I think they pounce on the Mets early and often and end up winning. I think they win four. Uh, sorry, uh, three to one in this LCS, uh, LDS. And I'll tell you, the pressure is on them, right? This is the pressure is on them, and the pressure is on Mattingly. If they have another bad is, season, they yeah. might, yeah, they might make a move. Well, like we can't have about that the payroll Astros. and not win. Well, right, the Astros have the lowest payroll, but the Dodgers have the highest. And Kershaw, you know, he's been getting that sort of insignia, like Peyton Manning, of not being able to do it in the postseason. So it's time, and you can't. You know, they just wanted to fast forward through the regular season and get to this spot because they have to get past all their demons, the Cardinals, the Giants, everybody. This is the Dodgers' year. They are glad that, guess what, they don't have to face the Nats either. So they're gone. But, you know, there's three other heavy hitters from the NL Central. I look at it like this. Which arms can, you know, change or affect the bats the best? The one thing the Mets have is that, they, they've got some spark plugs and David Wright and Giannis Cespedes and Duva. And I, there's something about this Met team that's kind of magical. And for some reason, I think the Dodgers are going to choke again and the Mets win. And no. Matt okay. Harvey gets game three and, and they just go on because that's the pivotal game in the series. They go on from there. And they wind up winning in five. Maybe it's the Grom in LA closing it down. And I think Cespedes comes back to have a hot bat again. And David Wright, another taste. It might be his last taste at postseason. And he's so happy to be there. They're going to come through. Granderson's been playing well. The Mets win in five. Now we got the Pirates at the St. Louis Cardinals. This is going to be a nice battle. What are your thoughts? I have a sneaky suspicion that, like I said, the Pirates keep huffing, huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing, and they knock the door down. 97 wins in any other season would mean they're the number one overall seed, but they're number four. They have to win a playing game. But I assume they win that playing game, and they go out and they take down the big bad wolf <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals, who won a hundred games and didn't even have Adam Wainwright, right? He's back in the bullpen, but it was all about you know next man up, Michael Walker, who took uh, a year to come back from his injuries. This team is just incredible. I you know I don't even have words, but I just have a sneaky suspicion about these Pirates, and I think they're gonna do it. I think that you know Alvarez, McCutcheon. Uh, our boy Francisco Cervelli led them in hitting. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have Melanson at the back of the bullpen. Um, you know, you'll face Garrett Cole twice. He's really become an elite, elite pitcher. And I think that those games in Pittsburgh are going to be really, really crazy. I think that they know how to get in, go into St. Louis, take a game there, uh, win their games in Pittsburgh, and and they win this series. I think they win the series 3-2. I totally agree, and I think it will go five. Not much I could say differently. I just think it's the Pirates' year, and I think McCutcheon is part of that being the best leader. Look, I love the Cardinals, and I said them getting Hayward would help. He's been great. They're going to have to re-sign him. They, they, no matter what happens with injuries, they pull it together. But this time they're just facing a more diverse lineup team, and and the Pirates have got the clutch hitting. Now, look, Wong and those boys, they come through, so you can never count the Cardinals out, but I'm going with the Pirates. So I got Pirates Mets in the NLCS. You have 
Pirates, Dodgers, what do you got? Who's going to battle the Blue Jays in the series? This is a hard one. And I think that ultimately, I think the ability to put Granke and Kershaw, if you can line it up in four games in a seven-game series, that would be, I assume Granke will win this Cy Young. Kershaw's got three. That would be, no, and Granke, this would be Granke's second. That would be five Cy Youngs out there. I mean, to me, that, that, that's got to give you an advantage. And so I have this feeling that in L.A., despite the disappointment, that they'll be happy in about a week and a half and they'll be heading to the World Series. I think those Dodgers will take it down. I think they win in a tough series 4-2 and head on to play the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, I think going into the season, I might have um, probably had uh, the Dodgers going. I can't remember our picks. They're on rayandtatetoday.com. But I'll say this. I, I'm, I'm going with my heart of Pittsburgh because this is just a Pittsburgh season. The Steelers, I got them in the Super Bowl. Oh, really? Going, At two and two, you're still going with the Super Bowl, huh? You're darn going right. <laughs> And, okay, and, 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 and and the Pirates at PNC player, they will take down the Mets in six, four to two. The Mets train stops early. They're still a year or two away, another bat maybe. And I just think the Pirates, like you said, that back of the bullpen is solid and the clutch hitting is too much. So, and I like my man Neil Walker too at second. I think the Pirates get it done to face the Blue Jays in the World Series. Now, who you got? Blue Jays or Dodgers? I got Blue Jays and Pirates. Who brings home the World Series and how many games? Again, I think that it's pitching of your top two guys versus the bats of Toronto. And I'm going against myself because I usually go with the pitching. But I'm going to say that this Toronto Blue Jays team is special and that Rogers Center, Rogers, uh, what do they call it now? Rogers Stadium, I guess. Yeah. Rogers Center. Right, the basketball and the, and the, and the uh, baseball are right there, right next to each other. Um, it's something special there. And I think they can win. And they can win in the National League Park, and just they'll just take care of business at home, though. So I think the Blue Jays win four two. I just love their hitting. I love their intensity. I think they do enough. The back end of the bullpen is is kind of a question mark, but I don't think it'll even be relevant. I think they'll score enough runs, and I think the Dodgers will have trouble scoring consistently. So even though Kershaw and Granke will keep them in games. They'll be burned out a little bit because they'll have to fight really hard to beat the Pirates. I think the Blue Jays just have too much, too much offense, which is not my style. I usually go with pitching and defense, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, pitching, in baseball, defense, and all those other sports. I oh, you like the chicks. You dig the long ball. Don't front. You dig, Toronto, you dig. baby. I'd like the Blue Jays. It's 1992-93 all over again. No Carter. Well, look. He is the head brother in charge, by the way. And I hate to say it, but I agree with you to the point where I even think it's going to be six games. I think my Pirates hit the wall, and I just think, and we threw out the stat last episode, the Blue Jays have the best run differential, plus 136, and that says it all. They are destined to be the World Series champions. Too much runs, too much hitting and David Price wins two games and gets the World Series MVP, and they ride off to the sunset of MVP, Cy Young, World Series MVP. It's going to be a great year, and Toronto and baseball is back in Canada. So we move on from that. that that's our playoff preview. Now, look, if things go along, we'll predict each series. If, you know, both our wild cards are wrong or yada, yada, yada. 
But we've got something fun and exciting for you guys. Before we get to college football and the NFL, we end with our other segment, Yo, That's My Guy. We have a new segment. Ray and Tay are pretty creative. We like to keep things fast and moving sometimes. And sometimes, you know, we like to give you the details and we're a little bit slower. But we got the new, new segment, FNF. It's called Fast and Focus. We hit each other with a couple of quick questions and a quick couple of word answers. Ray, why don't you get us started? We'll go back and forth. You got the first question. Hit me. All right, Tay. I'm going to hit you. In a one-game playoff series, we talked about some good pitchers out there. Who are you starting? Are you starting Kershaw, Granke, Arietta, one of the Mets pitchers, Garrett Cole, David Price? Who's your guy? Gosh, that's so hard because Kershaw and Granke are so dirty with that ball. I love Cole, but Ray... Got to say it quick. It's David Price. David Price, because of the experience, the Cy Youngs, and this will be his second Cy Young, and he just gets it done. David Price. All right, for me, Ray, the Nationals, they just fired their manager, Matt Williams. I want to know which teams other than them, other than the Nationals, should be firing their managers. You know what? I'm going to be benevolent, and I'm going to say no manager changes. Ooh, not, even in guys, the, not even the Angels with Sosha? They kind of chose this year. Not even in the Angels because he's done enough that he can always say, look, I won, I won World Series. I'm consistently a winner. Maybe my message is getting old, but no, I'm the benevolent one. I feel I feel good today. I feel benevolent. Nobody's getting fired in baseball. Oh, it's just a one 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 baseball manager. Just Matt Williams. You, you can't underachieve like that. Now that that's like monumental <laughs> yes. underachieving. But the Padres, I had a winning Padres game. situation. What are you about the Padres situation? Well, Padres situation has been shaky ever since uh, you know Bochy left and Bud Black, and they had to r- rotate, and now they have right, some talent. But you know what? I'm being kind. I'm being kind. No okay. no managerial changes. All right. Go ahead, hit me All up. All right, so I got one for you. Should our Texas Longhorns fire Coach Charlie Strong this year? Ouch, ouch. It, it's getting ugly. You had a guy on the sidelines retweeting. They've had two, a field goal and a punt because of losses at the end of the game. Then they get blown out this weekend. Ray, the interim AD, is there. I don't know if they'll do anything because, you know, they're going to get a new AD. So right now I'll say no. He gets one more season, but he's got to recruit better. He's behind TCU, Baylor, and Texas A&M in recruiting. So he's got to recruit better. One more season for for Charlie Strong. All right, last question. Let's keep it moving. Kobe Bryant is back. He played last night in the preseason game in the Lakers against Utah Jazz. If he is healthy, you know, maybe they make it a playoffs or not this season. But if he remains healthy, should he return for his 21st season next year? No. I want to see him retire on top. I want to see him retire like Michael did as a 20-point-per-game scorer. And I got to think that next year he'll be one even less effective than he will be this year. I think he'll be a high-volume shooter, but he'll average 20. So I, just, I want this to be his last year. That's fair. That is definitely fair. Well, let's go to college football, Ray. Listen, this is uh, this was an interesting weekend. I think we were, we were all shocked and surprised with some of these outcomes. Real quick, we'll look at the top ten. Four out of the five teams, the top five, got first place votes, except for Michigan State at number four. Ohio State, TCU, Baylor moves up. Michigan State drops down to four. How about them Utes? Utah is at five, representing the Pac-12. Clemson six after the big win. The first SEC team is number seven at LSU. Bama moves up to eight. Number nine, Texas A&M. I told you they take care of Mississippi State while you're acting all Aggie. Number 10, the Oklahoma Sooners. Florida has the biggest jump. Tell me what you thought about that impressive Florida Gator win with Will Greer, the quarterback, my son's favorite team, getting four touchdowns, beating Ole Miss. So I was disappointed for Ole Miss. I thought that they were turning the corner and really trying to be an elite SEC team. Kudos to Florida. Look at the SEC, though. The SEC has um, 
number seven, number eight, number nine, number 11, number 14 in the top 25. So, and 19 in Georgia. (laughs) Yeah, turns out the SEC has a lot of good teams, but maybe no great teams. Although, don't tell that to Alabama because Alabama put it on Georgia. For the first time in 72 games, they were an underdog, and they said, don't ever, have us, don't ever have us be an underdog. That's right. Ever. Ever, ever, no, never. All right. Listen, this, this is a comment that I have for you. Big win from ASU over UCLA. This Pac-12 is wild and wide open, just like the SEC. We spoke about that. Stanford might be the best of them all, but right now Utah's in first of, of the SC, of the Pac-12 in the class. Let me ask you this. Is the Big Ten getting too much credit? Now, Northwestern and Michigan play each other. Both those teams are going to battle, I think, this weekend at Northwestern, number 13 against number uh, 18, Michigan, who spanked my Turks. But I got to tell you, Ray, Wisconsin shouldn't have been ranked. They get knocked off by Iowa 10-6 in an ugly game. And then now Iowa jumps in. They haven't played anybody, and they're 22. Ohio State and Michigan State both barely won their games. Purdue almost took out Michigan State, and Indiana almost took out Ohio State if it wasn't for Ezekiel Elliott. Should Ohio State still be number one, and should they go to JT Barrett? So, yes and no. Uh, They should be number one because they haven't lost yet. And granted, they haven't played anybody, but you know what? TCU is going to have to play Baylor. And then they're going to have to play Michigan, Michigan State. So it'll all work itself out. I have a sneaky suspicion that this is a lot like Florida State last year, where they're winning but not playing well. And if this continues, they'll get caught. But let it play out, no problem. I think the Big Ten is not quite there, maybe next year. Um, But they have some good teams, but not great teams. Even Ohio State is showing some chinks in the armor. How impressed were you with Clemson? Another, uh, you know. Listen, it's a great program. I think they might have turned the corner, and that was a big win in the crazy purple rain rainstorm over Notre Dame, who in the loss, you know, really looked good as well. What did you yeah, think you about Yeah, you know, they Deshaun. did. I predicted Clemson winning, but in the battle of the Deshauns, Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Kaiser, uh, Clemson held on. They held on to win 24-22 and earned themselves their number six ranking. But you know what? Notre Dame, as much as I bash them um, because they have too much uh, public love, you got to love them this year. The rankings and on TV, they're actually really good. They have some talent. Really and Kelly can actually recruit and coach. So um, Notre Dame is a worthy you know team to look at and keep your eye on. But you know what? Give Clemson credit. They're back. Deshaun Watson, baby. All right, before we get to the NFL, we got to say this. They didn't really play anybody, Eastern Michigan, but props to Leonard Fournette for the third game in a row rushing over 200 yards. That's the SEC record or FBS record. I think it's the SEC record. And he's just a manimal in terms of, you know, ahead of the pack of the Heismans. You throw Jared Goff in there, maybe Joe Elliott's jumping back, Chubb. But Chubb got kind of locked down except for that one big run against Bama. Um, I just wanted to tip my hat to Fournette because he, he is the truth and, and it's really men, a man amongst, <laughs> amongst some boys. He you really I mean? is, and he's only a sophomore. That's the crazy part. He's a pure sophomore. So, uh, you know, we might have some issues at the end if, if he wants to go pro. But this kid is amazing. I mean, he's running away with the Heisman until he gets caught. You know, he, he's Adrian Peterson meets Barry Sanders. I mean, not quite the, the build of Barry Sanders. But in terms of dominance, that's the type of stuff he's doing. You know, uh, um, Earl Campbell, he's just dominating college football. And he's doing it in the SEC, no less. Now, now this was Eastern Michigan, but – but he'll play, you know, four or five more SEC games. So let's see how he does against, uh, you know, some more stout defenses. But yeah. give this guy credit. Heisman Trophy is his to lose. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with NFL Rain Day today. NFL Talk. 
Cowboys are in trouble. <laughs> Cowboys are absolutely in trouble. And when they need to make a play in the second half of last week against Atlanta, the second half of this week, they just don't have enough juice. With Brandon Whedon throwing to Cole Beasley and not having the, you know, at least Terrence Williams showed up. And he had no catches last week. I got killed in fantasy. <laughs> but you know what? I think the Cowboys are not going to make the playoffs. But you know what? Kudos go to our boy Drew Brees. Tell me what you think about him, his career, and 400 touchdowns. And his team's only one and three, but you know what? Give him credit. This guy's had a crazy successful career. I'll say this. It was a big win. Overtime, C.J. Spiller. It's about time that they use that guy. ton of talent. You know, great that he's in the record books with a great quarterback, Drew Brees. Um, you know, he's had that shoulder surgery before, and now he's just got to be careful with it. I think it's, you know, he's not 100%. But I think in a weird way, they're still alive in a division where both the top teams are 4-0. and But those teams could be tested. They, you know, the Falcons play the Redskins, and then they play the Saints in New Orleans. So that's a big opportunity for the Saints to jump back in the race of the division. And if they can turn their defense around, Ray, I wouldn't say that the Saints are totally out of the picture yet. We'll see how it goes. Props to Breeze. Um, There's not much else you could say. I think yesterday there was a lot of weird games. When you look at some of the games in the afternoon, the only one thing that you have to say about the Packers is that they won a game that was ugly. And I think right now the Niners, maybe Bucks, you know, Lions, maybe Bears, a couple of these teams, they're, they're playing for that number one pick and maybe – the Niners might change guard and draft the Cal kid to run their team, Jared Goff. I think Kaepernick, for some reason, he might be done. Granted, they don't have any separation. The receivers are horrible, but that was ugly. What I really want to ask you about is, what did you think about the man that I tweeted out about a week ahead, Todd Gurley and the St. Louis Rams taking it to the Arizona Cardinals 24-22, Oh, boy, Ray, that was clutch. 116 for Gurley, was it? Woo! You know what? A star is born. This kid is the real deal. Everybody knew it at Georgia. Even when Nick Chubb was in there, people were like, well, Gurley's the man. And coming back off an ACL, Adrian Peterson style, shows up and is just doing things. And this guy's amazing. Uh, you know, and the Rams, how inconsistent can you be? You beat, uh, uh, you know, in, in weeks one and four, you beat the the defending, you know, uh, NFC champ Seahawks. Division rivals. And, yeah, and then you go out and beat the, the team that, that looked invincible in the Arizona Cardinals, and then you you, you, you lose the, the middle two games. But you know what? St. Louis saw a star in Gurley, went with him, drafted him despite his injury, and, and he's proving dividends. I mean, they had Cunningham and, and Trey Mason and Zach Stacy, but they were like, you know what? We see something special in this kid, and he is. I mean, I hope he stays healthy, but this kid is a star in the making. I, so, I look forward, for Ray to next week when the Rams are at the Packers. That should be fun. we got to talk about this Broncos defense. Packers can't stop the run, so look for Gurley. That's what I mean. They may lose. Now, listen, got to give Minnesota and their defense a lot of props. Look, Manning, pick six, 23-20. The Broncos defense is outstanding. They're number one in the NFL. That was a close battle. The Broncos edge it out. Are you concerned how they're winning or is the defense getting so good and Hillman might be the back to go with that the Broncos will be okay? Both. So it comes down to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning has to recognize that he's not the Peyton Manning of the early part of his career, and he is going to have to be able to 
challenge defenses down the field, frankly, because that little intermediate game that they run, you know, that can be taken away. And especially if you run up against a team like the Seattle Seahawks that are very physical at the line of scrimmage, uh, and he has to realize that for the first time in his career, he's got a defense that can carry him. So I think he has to change his mindset and figure out how to run the ball more, be consistent, and and you have to go downfield. You have to get your receivers a little bit of breathing room because these these defenders are going to start creeping up and start jumping routes. So if Peyton Manning's willing to change and his ego doesn't get in the way, I think Denver has a good chance of, you know, challenging for that AFC title. Now, the class of the AFC might just be the 4-0 Cincinnati Bengals, 36-21 over Kansas City. It was Hill. It was Bernard. It's A.J. Green. It's Sanu. It's Jones. It's Eifert. And it's Andy All-Day Dalton. That's what I'm about to name him, Andy All-Day Dalton. All-Day, as it, long as it's in the regular season. As well, long as listen, it's a December got, still, day. No, no. You know. you know, not a January day. Ray, I'm hard on him. He's still got to prove it. But right now, he's doing hip-hop, and I'm impressed, and I, I, I got to give him his props. And, and, and you need to get some props to Marvin Jones. Mar, Marvin, um, yeah, the head coach. Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, not the wee receiver. Right. Marvin, Marvin Jones Marvin needs to do a little bit more for me in fantasy, but that's yes, another story. <laughs> Marvin yes, Lewis, like Andy Dalton, need to win in the playoffs yes. first no, no, before no. we give him any right. props. You're right. This team zero look, I guess playoff I, wins for Marvin Lewis. Zero. Despite okay, now the fact this game, that he's had a pretty good roster the last four or five years. No, you're right. Now this is the other question, and we're going to predict Monday and Thursday night in a second. But the Falcons, 48-21 over Houston. Is Bill O'Brien on the hot seat, and Dan Quinn could be coach of the year? What's happening with O'Brien? Uh, on the hot seat, but you know what? Anytime you add an Arian Foster to your roster, you'll be better. So I think when Arian Foster starts getting the majority of the carries and he's fully healthy, look, his offensive situation, when DeAndre Hopkins is your best offensive player by a mile, you're not really doing big things on offense. His defense is underachieving, though. That's the part that's a little bit bothersome. But he's an offensive guy. I think they'll be, they'll be okay, good enough to save his job. So Jay Cutler comes back, they inch out the Raiders, Robbie Gold. All the field goal kickers were horrible yesterday, except for the uh, Santos for the Chiefs and Robbie Gold. Seth Kelly loses again, Ray, 23-20. The Redskins, the the NFC East is is, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I don't know what's going on. Props to the Panthers, uh, undefeated. And I think it's time for you to acknowledge that Cam Newton is Superman. He's doing it for your fantasy team, but he's doing it in the NFL with nobody. Cam Nobody is in particular. I, I have to give Cam credit, and I'm not a big Cam fan, but this guy is, is doing Ooh. things with Teddy Ginn Jr. And I think we have a caller on the line. Hold on. Let's see if he needs to pipe in on this one. Yeah. You know, is this Hank? Yeah, what's up, fellas? What's up, man? Your boy Teddy Ginn Jr. is all he does is catch touchdowns. He's the next Chris Carter because <laughs> all he does is catch touchdowns. He doesn't catch anything else, but he'll catch two <laughs> touchdowns from a guy who I think is overrated in <laughs> Cam Newton, but they're doing it down in Carolina. Tell, I mean, tell, it took him, what, Ray, six, hey. seven years to become a player? I mean, I'm glad. Well, and even know. then, he's only catching touchdowns, literally. He's not catching yeah. two, two receptions, two touchdowns. It's true. It's true. He can run. I'll give him that. Yeah, he he's can fast. still run. Listen, hey, Cam is the man because, like, we have a segment doing more with less, and Brady, we, you know, represented him with that last year because he's done a lot with horrible receivers. Now he's got some studs, in terms, especially with Gronk. But let's be honest, Greg Olson, top 10 tight end possibly. He's only four or five because he gets the targets. He's a little bit slower and older. And his receiving core, Philly Brown, Ted Ginn, I mean, yeah. these sound like uh, cellmates. I mean, yeah. come on. And, and no left tackle. No, no left tackle. No running and, back. You know, really, and no running back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, I mean, he he's doing everything. And you notice no one – said a word about the contract that he just signed. Because there's a lot of money. And no yeah. one's saying a word. It's dead silence. The contract is not even an issue. That's QB money these days. So, hey, we got you on the line. We got to talk Dolphins, man. What, what do you think about 
the repl- replacing your head coach. What did you think about? Was I got too, up too, early too to watch that 6.30 well, a.m. out here. Yeah, I mean, look, I appreciate you doing that, by the way. But, yo, I mean, <laughs> the thing that's for me is is why now? Now, granted, they look horrible. That That's true. The guys look like they were uninspired. But I still have to believe that if you give a guy an extension, which he got in the off season, and then you fired him, there must have been an argument about proposed changes that people wanted to see in the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but I think he's lost the team. A bad idea. He might not have no. lost the team before the start of the season. Do you know what I mean? And let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Remember, Todd Bowles was on their staff, and Stephen Ross is a New Yorker, and he hates losing to the Jets. And he was embarrassed because he knows he should have let go of him before the season and hired Bowles, who was well, the why did he re- they, they gave him an extension in the offseason. I don't understand why that happened. You know, they gave him an because extension Because they saw improvement in Tannehill, and they thought that that was the way that it was going to go in the positive direction. And then now it's going to Miami play? You see Miami play the last three games of the season last year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were horrible. So, I mean, you know, look, they fired the guy. It's kind of not a surprise. I just – I'm curious to hear why. Like, yeah. what – you know, and, and, and what I would – look, if, if I was a guessing and I have no inside information at all, I bet they were like, yo, look, these guys are not playing hard, particularly on defense, right? Because a lot – you know, a lot of run defense, part of it is scheme, but you know what? A lot of it's attitude. And they probably wanted to get rid of the defensive coordinator. Oh, he's going to be gone, too. He's going, too. Yeah, but I think that they probably yeah. wanted to get rid of him, and, and Philbin probably protested against that. Well, and that's been going on since he's been there. He's had issues with his staff and fighting yeah. for his staff since he's been there. Yeah. I think, look, he seems to be a nice guy. But obviously he's not inspirational to the team, and he had to go. You know, the, the question is – He doesn't is, hold him accountable too, man. I mean, even the tight end coach said yeah. it, Dan Campbell. And remember, he yeah. was a holdover from the, the last regime. Yeah, so, and, I, and I think that's because Philbin is an, is an X's and O's guy. You know, he's a technical X, X's and O's guy, and he's just not inspirational. And now the question, you know, that I have as a Dolphins fan is, okay – you got rid of the coach. No one, no one's going to protest that. The timing might have been a little weird, but like, but, but now what? Right? Are you going to keep everybody else there for the entire season and well, then start football, over? You have, to, you have to keep it pretty consistent, right? I mean, it's football, so I think the only guy that's going to go is the head coach and the defensive coordinator, and then they'll promote from within. The question will be okay, who well, they the high defensive next coordinator year. is still there. The defensive coordinator is still there as we speak. As we speak. That's fine, as we speak. If they get rid of him, then I actually feel a little bit better about it, right? Because then you can actually make some some changes that need to happen. But I'm also going to bring it back to, you know, the front office. Like, who's in charge? You know, is Mike Tannenbaum in charge? Is the GM in charge? I think it's Tannenbaum. The GM GM needs to be fired as well, Hank. And he wasn't at Venus and Serena Williams. Well, again, this is, is... you or know, J-Lo. is this Tannenbaum? Or J-Lo, is this Tannenbaum exactly. you're firing? Are you firing Tannenbaum or are you firing um, Dennis Hickey, right? No, but Dennis the Hickey. He, Hickey wasn't there. It's it's all about Tannenbaum, who is running the ship now. And Hickey, he wasn't even at the, at the press conference. So he, he's he's out the door soon, too. They're, okay. they're trying right, to clean but, it up. But then, then you just have to be comfortable with Mike Tannenbaum running your football operation. And, you know, his record... Granted, it was with the Jets, right? So, you know, it seems like everybody does well once they leave the Jets. But, you know, he's got to be held responsible for trying to build a football operation where he does not really have a good track record of doing that. So, no, you're right. Hey, Hank, so real quick it? question, because we, we got to go and do our segment. Yo, that's my yeah, guy. Yeah. But with the Yankees and Mets both making the playoffs, Jets and Giants, can New York have two football teams in the playoffs this year? No. Why, why would you think that? <laughs> why would you think? I've no, I mean, no, I mean, why? You think, do you think the Giants have a shot at the playoffs this year? I think they the actually do. The NFC the East is anybody's, is oh, anybody's yeah. game. Dallas has no the, shot. 
The Giants can win the NFC East very easily. So very could easily? the Eagles, and so wait, could wait, the, wait, wait, the, wait. the Redskins. Anybody so, can win it, so except wait, the wait, Cowboys. Wait, wait. So now we're high on the Giants because they beat the Buffalo Bills. No, no, no. We're, we're, I, no. The they, I don't think we're high on the Giants. We're 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 low on they, the NFC East. It's terrible. They played well for four weeks. Remember, they gave away the first two games. I think yeah, the Giants are better than did. people think. The Giants really? are better than people so, think. Huh? I, I, I really don't. do. I, I, well, I, I said the NFC East is terrible, and, and you can flip a coin. The NFC East is terrible. That is. True. Well, they might be able to win it, Hank, at nine and seven. I mean, and that's very doable if Victor Cruz comes back in a week or two, and Ruben Randall and these guys step up. The Giants have a pretty diverse offense, and if Eli doesn't turn it over, watch out. Oh, I don't know. That's all I I'm saying. I think you're making the Giants to be a lot better than what I'm seeing. I mean, well, look, they're I, no Pittsburgh Steelers, Hank. But you know, oh lord, two and two Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Just check. That's right, baby. You know what? I, if if Roethlisberger was healthy, you would have every right to say that, even though your defense is is not. But that guess good. what, but, Hank? Everybody's coming back for us. Bryant's back this week. Ben and Ponzi will be back eventually, and it will be enough time no later than week 11, that everybody in the full band is back together and then we're taking no prisoners. So Trust what, me. you are, so, so the Steelers are, have a path through what, a wild card? Is that what you're trying to say at this point? I mean, I'm not scared of the Bengals. We can run on the Patriots. The only team that is considerably tough oh is the Denver God. Broncos. Oh, come on, man. First of all, you may be able to run in the Patriots, but they're going to put up 40 on you. So Our defense so is getting with, better. We'll with with we'll Michael see. Vick. With He's Michael optimistic, Vick, Hank. He's optimistic. Gonna, I, you know, and, I, and that's why you're a, you're a fan. You know what I'm saying? Rooney, the Rooney needs to write you a check or something because you're a fan, and I appreciate that, boy. Without nah, being fan, nah, I don't, I, I don't I'm looking. It. I'm looking at the talent, and I'm looking at the change of scheme and the defensive line, and the linebackers are improving. The secondary is faster. We're not as old. They just need experience. And the offensive line's already starting to play well. And then once Ponzi comes back, it'll be top five offensive lines in the NFL. And away we go. Le'Veon Bell is the oh, best all-around God. running back in the game right now. Yeah, and Michael, you best. can't win with Michael Vick. You can't win with Michael Vick. I'm not worried so about Vick. He's got to keep it at, at two, let's say even at three and three. We, we should have won the Baltimore yeah. game. We messed that up. He'll be better next week. Oh, I, you really think? I mean, I, I, I watched Michael Vick, you know, play in for the Eagles and play for the Jets. And uh, he, wait a minute. He was great for the Eagles the first year. So you definitely saw that as well. Yeah, that was yeah, like that four, was three, years four years ago. ago. <laughs> that was four years ago. That was a while ago. Eight catches I'm up not, to everyone. All I'm asking for Vick to do is what he did last week with one day of practice. He just doesn't have to turn it over. Just distribute. All you have to do is distribute, and he shows that he can throw the ball down the field. And when Brian That's comes easier. back, we stretch the field. Trust That's me, That's easier said than done, man. Look, I mean, Michael Vick is an incredible athlete who has a strong arm, but he's not accurate enough to win games for you. He's just not. You'd be better off trying to find somebody else. If you want to okay. go 500 over the next, what, Four, uh, what, five, six weeks? Michael Vick is not going to be able to do that for you, man. That, we can beat the Chargers. I think Michael we have the Vick? Browns. We, we might upset Arizona at home. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Let it play you out, baby. That's, Let it play out. that's why you're a Steelers fan. I respect you for that. You're a Steelers optimism. fan. Bro. Optimism. Optimism, so boy. Check out our segment. We got to do our segment. Yo, that's my guy. Right. Ray, why don't you hit us up? Who's your guy for this week? You know what? Baseball is starting tomorrow, the playoffs. And I got to tell you, I got a rookie shortstop on my mind, and his name is Carlos Correa, Houston's shortstop. And I think Houston's going to beat the Yankees. So you're going to see this guy on Tuesday. You'll see him on Thursday, on Friday, (laughs) on Saturday. You'll see this guy because he's a player. I mean, he only played 
uh, what did, I think he played 98 games this year. He'll probably win AL Rookie of the Year, 279 batting average, hit 22 home runs, 68 RBIs, nice little infield with him and Jose Altuve. Totally different. He's big. Jose Altuve, little dude, but nice middle infield for the next 10 years in Houston. So Carlos Correa, that's my guy, Houston shortstop. My guy is in the NFL. Four weeks in, this gentleman is 5'8", 206. He's in his second year. He didn't do much last year. His career stats are 500 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Well, guess what? This year, he has 252 of those yards and seven touchdowns. And back-to-back weeks for the 4-0 Atlanta Falcons, my man, Devonta. That's right. You end it with an A, ladies and gentlemen, not Devontae, Devonta Freeman. He's no joke. He is my guy, and he's getting busy. Set a record for back-to-back touchdowns with three the last two weeks. You got to love the Falcons. Ray, they have an opportunity with their schedule to go 9-0 and if they can survive the Redskins and Saints with a bunch of easy games in between there, maybe 7-2. and But either way, if you had signed up and said after nine weeks that the Atlanta Falcons and Dan Quinn as the new head coach, led by Freeman and Coleman, would be, and Matty Ice, of course, would be 7-2 and or 9-0, and we'd tell you to get off the bus and get out of here. Well, that's because... Yo, that's my guy. He's taking advantage of, you know, not having Devonta. eight Because the safety, the safety's got to be over there for Julio Jones. And Freeman is running wild. He is a free man. I'm happy. Go Falcons. All right, real quick, one-word answer. Who wins tonight? You got Seattle and Detroit. And then who wins on Thursday? Colts at Texas. Seattle wins Monday Night Football 23-13. All right. I like that. I echo that sentiment. What about Colts and Texans? Colts take care of the Texans. Houston's a mess. They should be starting Hoyer. They're going with uh, Mallet. It's, it's disgusting. And it is 30 to 17 Colts. You know what? I think the Texans are going to win this game. I think the Colts are a mess and they're barely hanging on. They, they're lucky to be two and two. Uh, should have lost against Jacksonville. Missed two field goals at the end. I like the Texans. Oh, they- Definitely should have lost that Aaron game. And Foster, baby. You're all about Foster? He's your all fantasy stud? Hey, what happened to J.J. Watt? And this great Texans defense has been very disappointing. And I think there will be no more talk about J.J. Watt being the best player in the NFL. That's foolishness. What's not foolish is that we got an NFL Monday night game to watch. We're going to check that out. Baseball this week. We'll see you guys on Friday. We'll have a lot to talk about on Friday. Have a great sports week. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening and talking sports with friends. Proud. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.